Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give it to me. Oh, hello. I'm Molly Wood. Oh, and I'm Tom Merritt. Oh, oh, what do you know? It's time for It's a Thing. At long last, it feels like at long last us because some of us have been vacationing. Welcome I back. I mean, we totally did an episode last week. It was in your feed. I don't know what you people are talking about. You're right. We were totally it was here. A time travel episode. <clears throat> Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you. And in fact, your support is what allows us to time travel in order to analyze the hottest mm-hmm. trends and happenings and find the things that are a thing by poking our little mole heads up out of our basements and occasionally walking. Out into the world, like Kane and Kung Fu. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed walking the earth. <laughs> might be available to us. <laughs> it's like a, a cane from Kung Fu with big neotony eyes. Oh, look at you. Look at you with the 50-cent word. <laughs> neotony. 50-cent taught me that word. That's true. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you can see uh, that we're, like, I don't know, a delightful combination of rusty and punchy. Runchy? Rusty Punchy. Pusty? Uh, yeah. Pusty sounds uh, One of my horrible. favorite guitarists from the 50s. <laughs> anyway, I am delighted to be back. I have been off. I was backpacking. I was hanging out in Montana. I was discovering things out in the world. And uh, I mean, and you didn't even miss, we didn't even miss a beat. You didn't nope. even notice I was gone. Thanks to last week's show. Your heart may have skipped a beat when you heard we were coming back, though. With things from the wide world. I went to Canada, actually. Oh, really? Didn't come back with any specifically Canadian things, though. Oh, bummer. I well, I have to say, though, that this trip did indeed lead me directly to my first thing, which, okay. I was, which caused me to be like, is this a thing? And then, lo and behold, as is so often the case, it was a thing. All right. Well, I will start then with the thing that... Uh, a moment in when I was in Canada solidified. Okay. So at least there's a connection. Uh, and that is the preeminence now, worldwide, I think, worldwide, I can safely <laughs> say, because I've seen it in three countries, <laughs> <laughs> in two hemispheres, and we only have two hemispheres, um, the flat white and the long black Ooh. are now a thing. Really? Okay, I have been noticing the flat white, mm-hmm. but what is the long black? So the flat white is is the long black's cousin. Uh, they they often go together. If you if you go to the next time you see a flat white, look and see if they also don't have a long black. Uh, the long black is kind of an americano. It's it's essentially uh, your coffee extended with hot water. Okay. Oh wait, and so it's, it's just usually weak espresso yeah. as heck. No, no, it's it's not though, and and that's the 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 cool thing about the long black is it's strong coffee. So it's concentrated, uh, but it's made into, you know, a, a larger amount so that it's not so strong. If you're like, nah, it's, a, you know, a little too strong and a little too small, make it a longer black coffee for me. Huh. Uh, I, I, f- I feel like it might have arisen uh, alongside the Americano in places that just made espresso and, and not drip coffee. 
See, that would make sense. Like you, because I'm I'm looking it up because I am trying to figure out what could possibly be the difference between that and an americano, and it sounds like. Uh, at least according to Wikipedia, it is similar, but with a stronger aroma and taste. So you take a super yeah. strong double shot of espresso. That would make sense to me is you use a stronger coffee in the long black. So what I'm discovering also is that a long black is basically the exact kind of Americano I'm always trying to get Starbucks to make by God. Maybe try asking for a long black. Next I time. know. Well, actually, the, a Welshman changed my coffee life forever after seeing this rigmarole that I always go through at Starbucks because I'm like, I want a short Americano with extra room. So what I'm asking for is a double espresso with like a little bit of water, basically a really strong Americano, which I now understand what I want is a long black. Mm-hmm. But he saw me go through this whole shaboodle and, of course, they screwed it up and he said, well, why don't you just get a dopio long, which is – a double espresso long pull. So you get, because all I really want is like, well, I want a coffee that lasts a little yeah. longer mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. a simple double espresso, which has gone too soon. The Dopio long is generally the perfect thing, but now I kind of want to see if I could order a long black. And the that's flat what white, I want. A flat white is essentially a long black, but with heated milk instead of water. Man. Because, and the, and the flat part comes from, it's not foamy like a cappuccino. It's right. just, it's just, hot huh okay this sounds great oh my gosh bold ristretto shots of espresso i feel like both of these are my perfect coffee and i just didn't know until now well and here's here's why i think they're a thing finally is uh we uh feasted on the flat white uh because it was an interesting option and it tasted good when we were in australia and uh mutual friend raj diut uh, made fun of me for that very gently and very nicely by saying, you know, that's kind of a granny drink in Australia. I'm like, a oh, granny okay. drink? Tastes, oh my God, that's good to me. Uh, He's like, that's fine. You know, it's he's like, tourists drink it all the time. It's all good. Um, but then I, you know, I've seen it in the UK. Uh, I saw it this weekend in Canada. In fact, I had a long black at the art gallery where we were doing the podcaster meetup. Uh, and the Nespresso... Uh, one of those Nespresso f- uh, special options right now, if you have the Nespresso machine, are flat white and long blacks. Oh, really? So they and and which is kind of funny because really all it means is here's the coffee to make a flat white or a long black with. You know, the Nespresso machines don't spit out a long black or flat right. white. You still have to heat the milk yourself. Uh, so they actually call the flat white a cold flat white, ice flat white because it's summer. Meaning, if you don't have a milk heater, you can just do a flat white in the fridge, and we'll call it a cold flat white. <laughs> My God! <laughs> wow. You went way down. Well, I can tell you uh, from my brief bit of research that if you that on the Starbucks site, you can find a flat white, but you cannot find a long black. But All right, so Reddit that's the... now informs me that the key difference between a a flat uh, an americano and a long black is that you have to do water first, espresso second, because then you retain the crema. Hmm. Okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Wow, a little stronger coffee, uh, a little a, a little different order of the combination. I this get is yeah. amazing. I am learning so much from this. I love yeah, this. The flat, the flat white more than the long black is the thing right now. But the fact that the long it's black thing. Uh, usually shows up on the menu along with the flat white, and the fact that Nespresso had a long black option as well as a flat white option made me think, okay, yeah, they're they're both coming. Amazing. Um, all right. Well, my thing was indeed a classic 
had coming out of the mole hole moment, which was that, you know, there I was on vacation. I had done this four-day backpacking trip. I was a bit like mosquito bitten and sunburned and just kind of a mess. And so I went to CVS to buy some like face soap and proper lotion. And I found this nice collection of face masks, like facial masks. And I was thinking, man, I have been seeing these a lot more. Like the facial mask not just, I mean, Whole Foods Forever has had like a really nice mud one for like five bucks, but the actual sheet K Beauty style sheet mask, exactly, mm. that you peel out, you know, take out, peel out, put on, look like a murderer, has, <laughs> yeah. has gotten a lot more popular, so much so that their drugstore facial masks are now a thing. And in fact, they were like really fancy K-beauty ones. They had a turmeric one and one that was like violet on one side and honeycomb on the other. And in looking to see whether this was in fact a thing, I discovered that A, yes, face masks and those sheet mask things, which Tom is like dying to jump in here because you're so intimately familiar with this for years, (laughs) thanks to Miss Eileen. But they have really crossed over now, I think, instead from just like some fancy $60 thing that you would order from Korea to things that you find at CVS and that are now like just considered a part of the 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 beauty regimen, a key part even. And in doing the research to find out if this was really a thing, I discovered that my own employer, Marketplace, did a whole story July 1st, like a few days before I went and bought these, about how drugstores in particular have been really trying to up their beauty game And so that it was, in fact, no surprise that not only did I find fancy Korean sheet masks at CVS, but that that is all part of this deliberate shift in drugstores to try to, like, sell more beauty supplies and fancy beauty Mm, stuff. That makes a lot of sense. So there was like a whole thing and then like a business thing. It was like a double thing and it was legit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I, as as Molly alluded to, uh, my wife has has been uh, way up on the K Beauty uh, stuff for a few years now. Uh, she even has the face of E Instagram. If you'd like mm-hmm. to follow along and, and see some stuff, it's um, fascinating. And I remember the first time we went into a CVS, and she was looking at the beauty stuff, and she said, "Oh, look, they have they have a bigger sheet mask situation. They'd always had a few, but they weren't very good." And there was Innisfree and there was Nature Company, and she was like, "Okay, these are good brands. Uh, this is this is it. This is really interesting." And it it has now come to the fact where she used to go nuts. Like we visited Korea and came back with a suitcase full of sheet masks because you mm-hmm. just couldn't get them over here. Now all of those are available uh, for the most part, uh, and not even just available in the U.S., but available. Easily, like you say, in, in targets and 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 in CVS and stuff. Yeah, it's it's actually it's pretty awesome. And I have to say, I am all for this. I am so stoked about this trend toward drug, proper drugstore beauty because, like, I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't really want to learn well, about it. Right. I don't want to order it. I want to find if the pretty package like, at CVS and just like buy it. I'm all over if that. If you're into the the game, into the hunt, that's a th- that's one thing, right? right? That's that's your hobby. But if you're like, I just want good products, you know, it's part yeah. of my life. It's what I do, and I you know, want to pick up my uh, my aspirin and my dark chocolate and my vitamin C and my face ma- sheet masks all at the same time, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And some new, yeah. like, on-sale, you know, potting pots to put my new tomato plant in, like, all in one basket, yep. and I'm good to yep. go. Um, exactly. I will 
either for our website or for the Patreon site, share a photo of myself with one of these masks on looking like a murderer, too, because it's nice and terrifying. We have a tradition here in the house uh, that when Eileen comes out with her sheet mask on, I yell, mask! <laughs> uh, to the point that sometimes she will be standing in front of me, looking at me, like, waiting. And I'm like, oh, right, She's mask. Like, Dude, yeah. yell, yell it, yell it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we have an exciting interlude for you today. <gasps> Call it intermission, if you will, at long last... We're introducing our new segment, long promised, in fact, uh, a segment that I like to call What the Kids Are Into, featuring an actual kid. Because <laughs> you actual may know. Child, and you, you, can, you can verify because you made him yourself. I did. I did. I made him. That's how I know he's an actual child. Um, I, I have confessed on this show before to stealing some ideas from things that he's into. And then this time we thought, all right, let's just try it because he's eager for attention. <clears throat> let's see if he would like to come on and give his own report about what the kids are into on the gram. Introducing my son, Eli. Welcome Yay. to the show, Eli. Hey. Hello. Hey, Eli. How's it going? Hi. How's uh, Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I hear you're going to explain a challenge to us. Yeah, there is this challenge going around on what my mother calls the gram, which hurts me physically and mentally. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's un- called, understandable. Yeah, uh, it's called the water bottle challenge. Water bottle cap challenge, I believe. Water bottle cap challenge. Okay. So like a water bottle, like just a water bottle that you yeah. fill your water bottle with. Just okay. a normal water bottle or like any bottle, really. A bottle of champagne bottle of some cider that my mom's drinking oh so like a bottle cat like yeah. one with a, a screw off cap yeah kind like of a thing. screw off right. cap gotcha and what people try to do is spin kick the cap off the bottle it, <laughs> yeah tell me more <laughs> so they they like do you know what a roundhouse kick is Oh, yeah. That's the, where yeah. you kind of lean back on one foot and you just go to swing the other foot around, right? Yeah. They try to do that except onto the bottle cap. And you just end up kicking the bottle over, though. See, you would think that's what happens, but right. the bottle cap twists off. And people do it with like all sorts of stuff. Someone did it inside the trunk of a car, someone did it with a car. So, first of all, the bottle has to be held pretty firmly for this to even conceivably work, I guess. Yeah. It it must be, like, taped to the ground. Yeah. Or and then, wait. And then how do you... Because I, I could never do this. I would just smash the bottle in half. Yeah. Or, or hurt my foot, one or the other. But I would yeah. not get the bottle. Have you tried it? I mean, kind of. I tried it with <laughs> my hand to, like, a small bottle. Uh, but, okay. Yeah, that's smart. Eh. It doesn't look very fun. Do you have to loosen up the cap first, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah, you can't just, you know, you can't yeah. just whap it off. Now yeah, now you... I'm starting to see the possibility of it. If I've loosened it up really good, but it still looks closed on video, then, yeah, okay, that, that might work. Yeah, I mean, it, it's dumb. It's like the, the <laughs> water bottle flip challenge. But that's the thing with all these challenges. They're all kind of dumb. What what makes them catch on? That's what always... What makes them catch on is small children doing that. Uh, like, 
20-year-old content creators catching on to the small children and then uh. the 20-year-old content creators spreading this in a dumb way and making celebrities do it, do it basically. But you have to admit, these, this is a really particularly athletic challenge. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, f- first of all, even loosened up, I could still not do it. Like, I, I would mean, just fall over probably, but... People have done it in all sorts of ways. There's a vi- video of Mariah Carey knocking off the water bottle cap with her voice. No, that's got to be faked, right? I'll see if I can send it to my mom so she can put it in the Discord chat, but it's it's pretty odd. Anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. Go check me out, uh, Loser's Corner on Spotify. Uh, we're going to have a new episode up by the end of the week, hopefully. That awesome. was the water bottle cap challenge. See ya, Tom. Thanks, Eli. Bye. I'm looking at the Jason Statham one right now, which is, I think, probably oh, one of the sake. peak versions of the uh, <laughs> bottle cap challenge. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Welcome back. It, you know what? I have to say, I find these like challenges fascinating, especially the ones that are like especially, I don't know, like athletically challenging. I mean, these kids are... The, like dancers there was a ballet dancer anyway it was hilarious and we it uh, is this is ridiculously athletically challenging it yeah. is you have exactly to have, you have to have the strength to do the kick properly uh-huh. and then the precision to to apply just enough force to even the loosened cap right to make it spin like just that's, give it a that's spin. impressive i know yeah. jason statham so it's because it's a very like um uh a bunch of like martial arts people are doing it. But what I don't understand is then how does this become a thing? But it's a total thing. Jason Statham did it. John Mayer did it. Eli's description of like kids do it because it's funny. And Mm -hmm. then people think it's cute because kids are doing it. And so then some 20 something YouTube creator puts it in front of it you know, million person audience. And then suddenly everybody just because we're humans wants to imitate the people who are doing it on the thing. And so a bunch of people do it. And then some celebrities, YouTube manager says, you know what, this is really taken off. You should do one and we'll yep. get a bunch of hits. And then boom, it's yep. a thing. Just so like that. That's, that's the anatomy of a thing. What the kids are doing. Tell us what you Thank think you. about our segment. <laughs> yeah. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. Uh, let us know what yep. you'd like to hear Eli talk about next. I know, exactly. And then I am going to confess now that it was Eli's ringing endorsement of this next thing, which I had been noticing that pushed it all the way over into thing territory. I came down off the mountain from this backpacking mm-hmm. trip, and not in the Jesus way, and he said, and all excited, right? He picked us up at this campground at the end of the backpacking trip with my dad and runs up, Mom. I finally got myself a Hydro Flask bottle. They're so cool. And that's when I realized, oh, my God, my brother was just raving to me about his mm. Thermo Flask bottle. And I bought myself a Hydro Flask bottle. And I'm so excited about it. And then I realized, oh, my God, these, these things are a thing. Yeah, Which means that's... that in the ongoing bell curve of cool water bottles, which are themselves a thing, Apparently, SIG and Swell are over, and Hydro Flask is where it's at now. You're not still using a SIG or a Swell bottle, people, are you? Come on. How embarrassing. Even if you bought that really cool Swell bottle with the birch bark design like I did, it's time to (laughs) retire it. So wait, the Hydra and the Therma are similar designs. What do do they look like? 
They are, they're the ones, you have definitely seen them. They're the ones that have like what look like a little dancing person with sort of a sunshine and a smiley face. That's the Hydro mm-hmm. Flask. And okay. their whole deal is how um, cold they keep your stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I think, I could be wrong, I guess. I thought thermo, I thought there was a Thermo Flask one that's related to Hydro Flask. I'm looking now to make sure. But the Hydro Flask, their whole deal is they're vacuum insulated and they keep the water cold forever, just like so many other water bottles, such as Swell, that have come and gone recently. But they but have multiple some reason, kinds of Hydro Flasks. They like, do, and there's like there's a hot water one, uh-huh. which is the one that I was thinking of that I thought was thermo, but apparently is also hydro. And I almost bought the hot water one for this backpacking trip because they're so because their marketing is so good. Let's be honest, because I'm Insulated seeing them everywhere. Stainless steel. That's their big selling point. Is like, you know, we know you can't keep track of which plastic is killing you this week. Just get a stainless steel. Just one. get a stainless steel. Exactly. Yep, and then they have happy people camping with them. They are they are the new if the grand thing is whatever water bottle is mysteriously cool right now, then I'm here mm-hmm. to tell you that the current incarnation is the hydro flask. Pack your gluten-free Lara bar into your hemp sack with your hydro flask and enjoy <laughs> your day. And hit the road. Oh man, <laughs> this is reminding me of another sub thing, but I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna put it in All the right. bullpen. You sure? Okay, I'm, good. Oh, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to just... You, it's mini want... teardrop campers. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Those I are such a thing. I saw three of them this weekend in Canada. Really? I was Not wondering. Not being camped in. Just yeah. parked on the side of the road. And just looking awesome like yeah, they do because they are... for their next trip. Right. They're this total like hipster cool thing. And I want one so bad. <laughs> so bad. I'm in a real outdoorsy space right now. And I have been way down the mini teardrop camper rabbit hole for days. I'm I found sure the, like, they're not the best practical camper, but they just look cool. You're right. They're kind of well, and you don't need. I mean, honestly, like the really small ones you can pull with any car. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. even need a new SUV. Like I can just get one. They're like 1,100 pounds and they're basically just a rolling bed, some camper storage and a little outdoor right. kitchenette. That's it's like save perfect. yourself the time of setting up a tent with mini teardrop camper. Yeah. And be comfy yeah. and, and sort of like way better car camping. I'm so It's not them. an RV. It's not supposed to be. And when you start looking, you'll see like there's like bamboo ones and ones with the whole tiny house aesthetic. And my stepmom actually told me that they saw one at a campground that was this beautiful like sort of 50s retro gray and red. And then the the people, the campers, had red accessories to go with it. Like they had a red cooking pot and they had a so, red Coleman so stove. Hipster. I mean, I was just like, oh, my God, oh my God <laughs> hipsters know how to live. That that's glamping, right? When you it when is. you accessorize all your stuff, that's that qualifies. And yeah. I have no problem with this. I'm not. It wasn't a judgment. Yeah. So great, so great. Uh, well, my last thing is Ed Sheeran songs about introverts. <laughs> uh, and and honestly, it's songs about introverts. I've I've noticed some like lyrics about like I don't know, I don't really fit in, but it's fun to hang out with you and a bunch of pop songs. But then there was the uh, I don't care. Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber, uh, which is all about like, I'm at this party I don't want to be at, you know, but you're with me. So now I don't care. But I really 
hate talking to people. And if you weren't here, uh, I wouldn't want to be here, but that's how much I love you, dear. Uh, That's kind of the gist of that song. But then there's a new Ed Sheeran song called Beautiful People featuring Khaled, which is all about like, we're in LA with all these beautiful people and we don't fit in. uh, And gosh, wouldn't we rather be somewhere else? Makes me think Ed Sheeran had some really bad parties when he was writing his songs. God, I guess so. He's like, I keep getting invited to all these lame Hollywood parties. Now I'm going to write songs about it. And what's really funny is the videos, the beautiful people video uh, is is excellent because it has this very like middle, I want to say middle America, but it could be British, like just just middle class white couple uh, dressed in like average clothes in all of these super fancy situations, hmm. right? So there's all these like super beautiful hip people with them, and they're just like we're you know we're not like that. Uh, we're we're just gonna eat our sand you know peanut butter sandwich and hang out. It's hilarious. It's just all about the joy of being normals. Yeah, of them just kind of trying to make their way through all of these like super glamorous situations by being themselves, and then. The I don't care, which is the same sentiment with Justin Bieber, has Justin Bieber with his top off all tatted out, looking incredibly Justin Bieber-ish, which oh I'm like, God. I'm not sure that fits the theme yeah, dude, no. of what you're getting at as well. <laughs> I think you may not totally understand the concept. The of semiotics the... here are not working as well on the Justin Bieber side. <laughs> but we um, have talked on the show before about how introverts are a thing. Mm-hmm. introversion, anxiety, awkwardness. I mean, it kind of all is of a piece, isn't it? The Beautiful People song has a whole little passage about the anxiety, like using the word anxiety like you were talking about on the show. So, oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, Amazing. it's uh, this this may be like a, a a confirmatory thing, right? To a to a larger thing, like the plug-in of like, okay, now we've got the songs about it. You know, that <laughs> that bolsters that thing up a little more. It's also just Ed, such a perfect crossover because, like, if it's if it's hip, Ed Sheeran is somehow related. Like, somehow, dude is connected. Oh, Game of Thrones cameo, check. Yeah, like, I'm here. I'm I'm here for that. He's yeah. in some other movie now where he pays plays himself. Yeah, yeah introversion it's in that Netflix, trends. Uh, romantic comedy thing, right? Oh my goodness, yeah. I guess so. That is funny. I, That's a really good thing. I do think that uh, it's interesting how like the top pop songs tend to reflect a certain attitude. So I noticed like. Right before Valentine's Day, there were a lot of songs about being alone and breaking up with people. <laughs> and I was like, did they release these on purpose? Knowing that, you know, a bunch of people would be like, this Valentine's Day sucked. Oh, I love this song. It's exactly what I'm feeling right now. Uh, of course they did. Yeah. So I Amazing. guess it's the summer party where you don't feel like you're fitting in or your summer party isn't as glamorous as it should be, then you go listen to some Ed Sheeran and you feel better about yourself. Oh, except that in this in this case, probably the summer party is all happening all around you on Instagram and you feel bad that you're not there. Oh, yeah. <gasps> maybe that's it, right? It's a FOMO Because it's not really song. happening. Yeah. It's Terrible. just on the gram. It's just as on the gram. someone's mother once said. <laughs> Good thing Eli's already left. Otherwise, he would have had to <laughs> run from the room in embarrassment yet again. <laughs> Uh, right. Shall we get to some feedback things? Then? Let's do it. Let's enter Peter the feedback from loop. Brampton, Ontario, which I just passed through just the other day, Peter, uh, said about smiling for customer service jobs. I work as a server slash bartender at a chain restaurant northwest of Toronto. And I'm a front of house trainer. Smiling is something that is mentioned in the training material and something I emphasize when training new staff. Smiles are contagious and just the act of smiling could put you in a better mood. 
patron and listener since Veronica was born from the soundboard on ah, Buzz Out Loud. Wow. And whatever happened to Molly's clone from the video show? Wow. Deep pulse. That is cutting deep. That's going way back, man. Amazing. Shinami from Seattle writes in and says, uh, while listening to the latest episode, I kept thinking of things to say that uh, so many things that I had to listen to it a second time to take notes. <laughs> Damn, dude. Uh, on that topic of people smiling in retail, when I was training, Shinami says, for a telephone customer service job, we were told to always smile when speaking on the phone mm-hmm. because customers, on the other hand, could hear it. The last time I worked in retail was four years ago, but we were never told to always smile. Currently, I work in an office at the front desk and had someone from a different department make a comment that I always seemed happy because I always had a smile on my face. And I now wonder if it is an instinctive reaction from the job where I was told to smile. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. On to the death of retail. Yes. And in fact, I can back to Molly here. I can testify that when I was in Montana, there was a whole like my childhood mall had just been raised to parking lot. And well, I was yeah, like, the, oh. the uh, Gwinnett Mall in Georgia was where they filmed Stranger Things because so few stores were actually still in operation in the mall that they could shut down an entire wing and remodel it as if it was 1985. Oh, that's insane. And then uh, the topic of country music was brought up. Tom compared it to the revival of country in the 70s, but I think it can also be the 90s all mm. over again. That is the time, and this is such a good point, when country went crossover with artists like Shania Twain, Leanne mm-hmm. Rimes, and even Billy Ray Cyrus with Achy Break Your Heart. Dude, that's totally, that's an excellent point. And Shinami is also a proud patron. Thank you for your support. Thank you, Shinami. Uh, Matthew T says, longtime listener, second time mailer, but the first time was back in the buzz out loud days when I referred to y'all as buzzards because I'm a <laughs> science teacher and buzzards are awesome. <laughs> okay. Thank I mean, you. I, I could stop right there. This would be a satisfactory email, but totally. Matthew wrote more. Uh, Matthew said, I'd like to suggest a nascent thing, a thing that may be moving from being a tiny isolated subculture to being something at least on the fringes of the zeitgeist. And that thing is Mongolian metal. Heavy what? metal music with folk elements and instrumentation has been around for a while, e.g. Fintral, a Finnish metal band whose songs tend to be built around polkas. <gasps> but... It's Mongolian metal, complete with Mongolian throat singing that seems to be making some inroads. The Who, H-U, The Who, Mm -hmm. seemed to be the breakthrough band. See NPR.org for more. They had a whole story about them. But other groups like Nine Treasures and Tenger Cavalry are also out there. Metal is not a genre I know much about, but I find this particular branch of it fascinating and generally very joyful and fun to listen to and hope that it really is on its way to being a thing. Oh my gravy. This is like the single coolest email I think we've ever gotten. It is quite quite certain to be to be a, among those yes i'm just absolutely. gonna angle to get invited to a dinner party anytime soon so that i can just start start like dropping bombs about mongolian metal oh do you not know it's a thing i'm not familiar with the who yes Oh my god, the throat singing? Yeah. With the crazy, like... <laughs> oh, Wolf Totem by The Who. 
Yeah, you definitely need to be going to a party and say, oh, I'm so into The Who. And they're like, oh, uh, you know, what, what, like Tommy? Or, and you're like, oh, no, I mean oh, Mongolian no, no. metal. I'm talking about Mongolian H-U. metal. H-U. Aren't you? <laughs> Amazing. Dave Hull writes to say, hi, folks. I'm a listener from back in the BOL days. God, we have so much great throwback today. I love you both so much. Please hug yourself here. I happen to be a professor of Chinese language and literature at Washington College, and I work quite a bit on literary translation. And I was tickled all shades of pink to hear you talk about Chinese science fiction on episode 67. First, you are totally right about sci-fi working in a dangerous but also potentially acceptable space in terms of criticizing contemporary issues. Chinese lit has a deep tradition of writing the past this way. Hey, way back in the Han Dynasty, some emperor did some really bad stuff that seems suspiciously like what our leader is doing today. Huh? What a story, right? The current powers that be are very conscious of this, and the current term of art is historical nihilism. I have heard that accusation levied at uh, movies and actors before, and now I have a much clearer idea what that means. Thank you, Dave. Fascinating. Uh, and then Dave, it turns out, has himself translated some cool stuff, including a short story in a sci-fi collection, and says, I think y'all would really dig it, and offers to send us a copy, but also, more importantly, says one of the novels that he's translated is going live as an ebook on July 15th. We will oh, have a the couple days away. Amazon link on uh, our blog. That is amazing. Yes. Thank you, Dave. Uh, um, I love our uh, audience because you guys know everything. And now I have questions for Dave, uh, and I'll try to limit it to just this one. <laughs> How, wh- does Story of Yangshi Palace fit into this issue? Because Story of Yangshi Palace is a period drama about a uh, woman who works her way into the palace in order to find out what happened to her sister who was murdered. Uh, and it was hugely popular in China. And it is now no longer being aired or made available for reruns because mm. I think they accused it of historical nihilism. And I'm wondering if you, if Dave knew more about that. It's interesting. Uh, I also want to know if Dave knows more about that, <laughs> even though I don't know. Even though, yeah, what he said. <laughs> uh, then Elodie from Patreon said, at Molly, as you were talking about, I want it that way. I was inspired to stop the podcast <laughs> Download the song and listen. And now I have an earworm. Thank you. Love you and Tom. Tell me why. <laughs> Sorry. I saw that Geico commercial again the other day. I was like, mm-hmm. It's a thing. Jose Gomez writes in and says, I was excited to hear Bob Ross mentioned on the show last week. Bob Ross has been a thing for ages, and there was a big revival of him. Look out, guys. Thing crossover in the ASMR community where he is considered the godfather of ASMR. If you are not familiar with this particular weirdo internet trend, ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, and it's this whole genre of videos related to this kind of warm, fuzzy feeling that some people feel when triggered by certain stimuli, specifically sounds. But it's like if you get your head massaged and you feel happy about it, then they make sounds that sort of imitate that. And uh, he writes, Jose, that Bob Ross would do his thing, and he says, I would basically be completely and utterly enthralled by him. I never followed along with his paintings or anything, but I would sit there and watch for hours and fall asleep. And I always felt that warm and fuzzy, similar to ASMR. Yes, it Crazy. happens to a lot of people because you did that. If you're familiar with the artist Billie Eilish, she is considered like the new sort of queen of ASMR in music. And then there are people who redo her songs in ASMR. Did we talk about that on the show? I feel like She's we She's the bad guy, right? <laughs> what 
That's her song. I'm the bad guy. Oh, right? yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know her from uh, Come Out and Play, but yeah. Brittany uh, has been in customer service or retail for 15 years and says that being trained to smile has always been a thing. Uh, also, that with the economy doing better and knowing getting a new job will take little effort, people are probably happier in the job they're in. All right. Okay. Smiling. Smiling works is the thing I think that we're getting at. Mm-hmm. Smiling mm-hmm. works. You guys, thank you for all the feedback. I cannot, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of email that we get and overwhelmed in the good way, not the like inbox zero way. Just like, I can't believe how engaged you are and how many emails you send. And it's so awesome. Um, so please keep all that coming at feedback at it's a thing dot me. And of course, you heard from several of our patrons today, not really on purpose. It's just that they're our most passionate listeners. Um, and you too can support the show directly at patreon.com slash it says me with as little as $1 per episode. You can tell that someone recently has done a lot of public radio uh, donation drive stuff. <laughs> Yes, if you if you support us at patreon.com slash it's a thing right now for just a dollar, we will match that with an episode that you'll get. Yes. Dollar for episode. It's a matching grant. <laughs> yes. Is what it exactly. is. Patreon.com slash it's a thing. You will also get an ad free RSS feed and you can join us in the Discord where I think it's safe to say uh at Porter will make you smarter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so don't forget that email address again, feedback at it's a thing dot me. See you next week. Bye everybody. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.